I'm your host, Sebastian Quaid, and welcome to the Hill Country Conservative. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Hill Country Conservative. I'm your host, Sebastian Quaid. And I'm Christian Cavazos. We got a great show for you guys today. A lot of stuff has happened in the last week. We got Nazis. We got Democrats who are sounding a lot like Nazis. A lot of COVID-19 updates. South Korea, North Korea, Bill Clinton, or uh, sorry, Bill, not Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, kind of interchangeable at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some other kind of, just kind of personal stuff I want to get into. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, yesterday, or I'm sorry, two days ago, this is being released on Sunday, Friday, Texas opened up phase one of their reopening of the state. Now me, I immediately went to one of my favorite pizza places in San Marcos. It's called Figaro's Pizza. It's where me and all my friends used to hang out. I think you came with us a couple of times. But on yeah. thurs- Thursday nights, they had pint night, you know, $5 personal pizza and a little glass of beer and you get to keep the cup. And it's always some cool micro brew or craft brew. Uh, really good place. Guy's really cool. He's also an Uber driver in San Marcos and he just kind of pushes his own restaurant when he Uber drives. But yeah, if you're in San Marcos or if you're ever traveling on the 35 corridor and you happen to be in San Marcos around lunch or dinner, Figaro's Pizza right next to the courthouse, great place. Not a sponsored ad, just me, <laughs> just me personally. Uh, other than that, I really didn't see anybody going outside. Like, like, I drove around town. There was a couple people. It was a little bit more than what we had seen during quarantine. Like the square yeah. had people on it, but it's still like recordly low amounts of people um i actually drove into katie yesterday and uh, drove through the cinco ranch and the george ranch area and and yeah honestly normally those places that are really heavily populated like you know those real upscale shopping centers that have stores everywhere oh i live five minutes away from cinco ranch so oh oh okay well yeah then you you know for sure and it it, from what i look because again i was zooming on the highway um there was more driver like drive through lanes that were uh, packed, absolutely packed. But I think it's still that fear in people that are just like, well, maybe just because it's open, we need to go inside. You know, it's still yeah. a little, it, it's, there's still some fear in people, which I, I'm actually kind of on, not, I don't want to say I want you to be fearful, but I, I'm taking as people being cautious and I'm, I'm proud of people for that. I think that shows some responsibility that, uh, that we took you know, and with the state being open that we're going to take care of ourselves and uh, keep with some healthy habits. So. Well, what I find most interesting is, and I know this might, I actually have no idea how you're going to react to this because you've been a huge proponent for quarantine. Well, I, on the other hand, have been like, you know, open everything up, let people be adults and make their own decisions. The CDC the other day redid their numbers and it dropped by like an obscene amount. I think it was like 30,000 people did not die from COVID-19. They died from other things and they were just kind of pushed to have said they had died from COVID-19. And in my opinion, I feel like that's because the hospitals wanted more funding because I think they got more funding for the amount of COVID-19 patients they had. And two, I, I honestly, today, Started, I'm starting, not starting to think, I've been thinking this, but there has been a huge media bias for quarantine. And I don't know what the reasoning was, but I, if you watch any news broadcast, and this is including Fox, I feel like they've been instilling fear into the citizens to stay inside. What are your well, thoughts? I mean, well, at the end of that, that's kind of how the news makes it. it. People forget, yeah, it's the news. You know, you go for it for uh, your daily knowledge of, local state and federal affairs and international affairs but they're also a business they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart it's their job it's how they're making their multi-million dollar companies so what better way to get people stuck to your channel than pushing a this you know a, a, a pushing the pandemic farther than what it may have been and yeah i am a i'm a what to say i'm a huge proponent of quarantine I've slowly, as again, too, yeah, looking into some of those things, I haven't looked into what the CDC has said uh, with that, uh, the misreport, but I'm on board with phasing. I, I was happy with the phasing. I was, I was never, a, I, I never thought that we should open up the states right away. I'm glad that we're seeing some, uh, 
some steadiness into reopening and getting back to the way things were. So seeing the phase like one, two, and three uh, going on, it's pretty, it's a, it, it's what I wanted. It's what I think is probably the best. Do you not see this as the government controlling business? I wouldn't say it's controlling business because it, it comes into that, that, you know, the, it's a, it's like the constitution, you know, what, what for the common defense and promote the yeah, general general welfare. welfare. You know, like we're, we're, it's another uh, constitutional battle. You know, where did, where does that line get drawn? And that's where I was at. You know, I, it's, a pandemic that has affected the world and it's killed millions. That's, that is a, a fact it's there and there isn't a cure for it. And it spreads really fast. It's really easy to get it. And then the worst case it's in incubation period is two weeks. Two well, weeks I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot. Do you know anybody that has coronavirus? No. Um, I know I'm starting to, I'm not going to say I doubt, but I'm not, to on board with how fast it actually spreads. I think yeah. it may vary upon country to country in terms of like, a, like, I know in Italy, some people were saying the reason why it spread so quick there was because of how close they are to each other. Right. Like it's building on building next to building. And I don't know if it's a stereotypical tradition or not the whole kissing on the cheek thing. Uh, no, that is, is that's, 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 that's it's, it's common. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, in countries like that, countries that are maybe have low uh, sanitation amongst some people, amongst the people in cities and stuff like that, maybe that's probably widespread. Maybe it, it is easy to spread in subpar health conditions. Maybe in the United States, we're a little bit better at that. I would like to think, and that's kind of why it stopped at spreading. Because I think about two, three weeks ago, my town was at thirty-seven cases, and since then we're up to sixty. Yeah. Now I know that's still that I guess that can be considered a big jump, but I still think a town about oh, dang I don't want to say that we're at a, at twenty thousand. I think we're more than that. We're at thirty thousand, I think more more or less. Um, but anyways, I don't think that's a lot of people with confirmed cases. Right. I think I don't think it's spreading as fast as it might be in some areas. I, mean, I definitely don't think that the level of police enforcement that we've seen is you know justifiable oh no yeah some some police departments have taken this way too far and it, it varies from department to department i do think them going and telling you hey we're six feet apart just stay six feet apart from people like i saw a video oh. today on twitter on uh, on in austin where they push the park ranger into the water. That's yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, that, that person actually got arrested. Thank God. Um, and yeah, that's just another kid being a punk. Yeah, which, he was trying to. They're all just trying to do their job, you know. It, right, but I, I I don't know if you saw this video, and I I think it was in Texas. I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't really say. The police went to some lady's door and harassed her because her daughter went somewhere and they were like requesting that this woman on her own front, like, like from what I've seen from the video, the police show up to her driveway. It looks like she lives in, you know, a, a trailer neighborhood or something like that, or, you know, really rural where it's just, anyway, show up to her house. They knock on her door and they start demanding that she gives them her license and red or her license gives her her first and last name, you know, all this information. And this woman is like, have I committed a crime? And the police were like, well, no. And she goes, okay. And they're like, but your daughter. And she goes, let me ask you again. Have I committed any crimes? And the police were like, no. And she goes, then I don't have to give you any information. Right, show me the law that says my daughter can't go to the store. And the well, police were like, well, we saw her drive out. And they go, okay, we're allowed to go to the store. And this is before the reopening of Texas. And I'm, again, I'm not sure what state this is. And, but from what I've understood, all states, you were allowed to go to the store to get supplies, right? Yes. The police had no idea where her daughter was going. They just saw the daughter leave the driveway in a car. Yeah. Which I, and I think doing that was completely ridiculous. You know, harassing that woman for no reason with no law to back them up. And then they go, we're going to mark you down as uncooperative. <laughs> like that's... I 
I don't, it depends though, because in some, and I know in my uh, my county too, we had a curfew, sixteen and up, no sixteen and below, can't be out past a certain time, and then I think HEB would that and it's not really relevant where they decided that like, they did the same thing 16 and below weren't allowed in the store which i was kind of like hmm well most, deep, most most texas towns have curfews anyway i know my yeah, yeah. my hometown was 17 and under you couldn't be out past midnight oh, ours caught, was 10, i think ours is 10 o'clock oh well if you got yeah. caught the, the police didn't give you a ticket i don't think you got sent home you, yeah, they, they picked you up in the squad car and they took you home yeah now, uh and, and the, the, the couple times that, you know, I'd go to a friend's house and I'd be out past midnight and a police officer would come up to us and ask us how old we were. Never did I feel harassed or anything like that. I'd be like, oh, we're 16. Yeah. We're just kind of bored. We live in a rural area. There's not much to do. Yeah. And it sure as hell beats sitting at home. And the cop was like, all right, you guys got about five minutes to go home. Otherwise, I'm going to take you home yeah. and talk to your parents. And I feel like that's fine. That's good policing. Yeah right? It, it didn't evolve or devolve the situation whatsoever. He said, you guys are breaking a law technically, go home. And so we did. But, you know, going to the store, that's not breaking a law. Well, it, unless there was the curfew, she, or not even the curfew. Yeah, well, if it was past curfew, and usually, like, when kids are caught committing a crime, and they're obviously underage, or identified as underage, they are... I believe that they do go talk to your parents about that. Like if you're caught underage drinking, they don't necessarily take you to the drunk tank. You know, if you're 15, 16. Right, but my point is, why are they harassing the parent? Well, the parent, that's a good point. Because I don't, they went asked, did, did they catch the kid first? Did they pull her over or they just... No, the kid wasn't even in... I don't, I don't know if the kid was in the house or what, but they, there was no kid in the video. It looked like it was just two police officers. The woman police officer was talking to the mom and it looked like her partner, the, the male police officer, was scoping out the property. Well, it de depends. Because I would like to see or know if they grabbed the kid told kid to go home, follow the kid home. Cause actually I think that's what they're supposed to do with the curfew. They're not really supposed to tell you go home. They're supposed to escort you, whether or not you're in a car or not to your house and to uh, make sure that you made it home. And so, and I'm not sure if they're supposed to identify with the parents, you know, they might uh, be nice and be like, we're not going to tell you, knock on your parents door and wake them up at this hour or whatever. But if they brought her home and then continue to ask the parent the parents questions like why'd you let them leave that she's you know yeah it's it's treading the line i in my opinion if she was out past curfew i just it, watched waco again so all i'm seeing is you know in times like this the feds get more and more power hungry yeah and the cops might have been a little bit more aggressive on it because who knows they might be fearful of this whole pandemic too they're like, if this kid gets sick, my kid could get sick. If you, 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 they're thinking, that's that's me. Out of that, you bring of, that up though. Neither of the cops were wearing masks or gloves. Yeah. And okay. they, they, I mean, sitting in that squad car together, they were definitely closer than six feet apart. And I yeah. have, I highly doubt that they're related. That's true. Well, uh, it, well, it's tricky though, in case to case. So I, I don't like having to, to generalize it. You know. As oh government tyranny and I've I've said that before on here the last few it's special on case to case yeah I would but, like to read more into that because I get and I'm very much against if they were just harassing the poor woman then yeah I'm very much against that and I've always been against that but there are special case to case where like usually the parent has to be spoken to like hey you know your daughter wasn't supposed to be out past this time or because who knows maybe she didn't know that and now the parent the police officer's job is to inform the citizen that hey there's a curfew she's not allowed to leave at this point of time or right. he she, you know keeping, keeping with this whole police taking things too far i new york mayor bill de blasio oh that, uh, that's a whole shit show excuse my language but that so on on april was it the 20th he tweeted about um muslims in new york practicing i think it was ramadan yes and he, he was all for it. You know, he's like, go have a good holiday. Um, if you need food, there's food places available here, here, and here. 
And then four days later, he tweets again, and it's, it's a Jewish holiday. And he's like, I've already told the Jewish community that if they gather, I'm sending the police. <laughs> you know what I think it might come down to is how big are those voting blocks? <laughs> well, I mean. No, no. And it, it's blatantly, he's playing sides there. And I'm. Not just that. Think about, think about the message that he's sending when he says that, though. No, yeah, no. I mean, we've heard this message before. Yeah. It came out in 1930, whatever, 36, yeah. 37, and 38. Um, for those of you who don't know, a man named Adolf Hitler started by saying, hey, you Jews, better mark yourselves with the Star of David, and if I catch you guys gathering, I'm sending the police. I'm not saying that Bill de Blasio is going to be the next Hitler, but the, the, the response that I've seen from liberal Twitter, again, they're inconsistent with their thought process. They're going to call us Nazis and racists. Yet more times than not, I see a Democrat saying something racist, anti-Semitic. I mean, Ilhan Omar says anti-Semitic things all the time. And nobody says anything about it. I mean, she called out Israel and said this is like a hateful country and that it needs to be burned or something like that. But no, it's quiet from the left. But as soon as someone says something on the right, it's completely taken out of context. Inject yourself with Lysol. Like, seriously. No, yeah, there's definitely that double standard that you we have to fight every day that even if that wasn't, no matter what his intent was, it could be taken out of context like that. And if he had been more, been had a Republican or a conservative leaning, he definitely would have been, that's what he would have been fighting. And, it, and it's sad that they don't see the hypocrisy in what they do, but it's, that can be taken deeper into like the fact that the whole mentality of some people when it comes to that stuff, like, you know. And it goes farther than that. It's Tara Reid. The, the woman accusing Bill, uh, not Bill, I keep saying Bill, Joe Biden. He's the same Bill. Used I'm, I'm so it. used to saying Bill Clinton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the woman accusing Joe Biden, uh, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but he was tweeting about Joe Biden's remarks and how he thinks Tara Reid was lying. And, and for, yeah. for the, the people out there who are listening to this, this might be a little explicit, but what he tweeted was, for a finger to enter a vagina like that requires some cooperation from the woman. And that's why I think Tara Reid is lying and looking for attention. How do you say that? Like, seriously, that is sick. I, believe, I thought it was a meme. But I, then it, I looked it, it up. Oh, it's real. Yeah, it's real. And it's so... Why? Like no one does, you know, people get on Trump like, does he not read before he tweets? But is, is no. what, he, what he's saying is, was he saying, is she, was she asking for it? Is that she liked it? Is that, is that what he's trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, I mean, that's what I, how I read it. You know? it uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Apparently. It's, oh, man, it's just, oh. And it's not even, she, I, I recently found this. I think it was yesterday I read this. Tara Reid's not the only woman accusing Bill Clinton of sexual assault. Bill Clinton, sexual Joe Biden. Or Joe Biden of sexual assault and sexual <laughs> harassment. She's not the only one. There's like eight other women. Wasn't there a Larry King thing? That, uh, was, that was Tara Reid's mother, I believe. Yeah, that they, they removed it. It's not on the CNN uh, like archive thing. You can go under their website oh. and look at almost every episode of Larry King and it's oh my gone. Gosh. Huh? Yeah, and yeah. I, I was on uh, our friend's podcast earlier today, the Saving the Republic, and we were talking about the same topic. And I just, I don't understand why nobody on the left wants to talk about this at all. And, and they said that, you know, I, 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 I don't know how to phrase this correctly, but women do usually go after men in power. Right. And regardless if there's one true one, there's always, you know, 20 others who are lying. Most likely I, I'm not there. I'm not a lawyer. I can't confirm or deny this, but usually we see after one rape or sexual harassment claim, many more follow suit. And I assume some of them are true. Some of them might not be true looking for attention. 
they, what, what they were saying was that she, Tara Reid waited until Joe Biden was running for president. That's not true. You know, I, I've looked into this. She's made multiple HR claims when she worked for Joe Biden. Uh, her mom went on Larry King. That was in the 90s when it, you know, was more recent. I feel like it's only getting attention because he's president or running for president now. Yeah. But. And that, that's kind of what happens. Uh, I'm surprised that it, maybe it did pop up in 08. Um, uh, the, the last time he was in the limelight like that. Uh, but I mean, who knows? I mean, I was too young for that. So, uh, but he won't even release the paperwork that says she worked for him. And he's denying that she ever even worked for him. But it's clear that she did. There's it, double standards. No, it, it is. It, it's, and it's sad. What I would like to know is the, how else could we counter that? I think we brought it up last time about how, you know, we all, well, some people on the conservative Twitter tend to push things like this and push it and push it. And then when they see it doesn't gain traction, they drop it. I feel like that kind of still allows the problem to keep happening. I, I feel like just shoving this in their face would help a lot because it, it's, it's sad because we know that there is a, this is a very credible claim. Yeah. And I'm all for people coming in. If they're victims of sexual harassment, say something. Yeah. I, I understand it's not easy and there's, that goes into a deeper thing, but yeah, I always support say something. If it's true, it's true. You have a right to say something. And, and it just, it's sad. We've seen such a credible one and allowing someone potentially he's not going to win, but potentially, you know, haven't gone to November yet, uh, be put up into such high position with such a credible claim against him like that. It, it's sad. And just knowing that all these people that propped up the me too movement are the ones that are in a way suppressing. Oh Yeah the suppressing her and it, it, it's sad it's sad and when hillary clinton starts saying stuff right, and we're, we're going to talk more about the whole biden clinton possible campaign in a second but hillary clinton recently uh has been a very huge proponent of hashtag me too but let's let's remember her previous history here when it comes to rape cases she she represented a man against a 12 year old girl and in court said that the girl liked it and the girl was asking for it and won that case for the van. Right. Yeah. Monica Lewinsky. Right. Same thing. Same thing. She is not a, 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 a someone who supports hashtag me too. She's someone who supports hashtag me only. <laughs> right. Like, and, and for her to say, Oh, Tara, I hear you. And then, then the next tweet say, I think that she's lying. <laughs> why? It, it, I don't know. I, I, people forget. And this is why one of the reasons that when I was younger, early high school, I was leaning more, and I think even late junior high too, I was leaning towards Democrat. I always would consider the Democrats were the people for me, right? You know, they're, they're the brown pride. You, ones you know the ones that are going to help everyone I, I, I don't you know the typical bullshit that they push anyways but then once you see how much of career politicians they are politicians politicians in general people that will do anything to get to where they want to get to but i think how i see it is that the democrats are the worst type of politician or not all democrats let me i'm sorry let me rephrase that some mainstream Democrat politicians are the worst type of politician and where they'll act like they give a damn about you until they get what they want from you and from, and then throw you off into the dust as soon as they're done with you. Oh, yeah. That cause it feels like nowadays that's what their party is blatantly showing and, uh, and doing and people are oblivious to it or just don't want to, Accept the fact that they help put some of those people in power and are continuing to keep them in power. It's it's completely ridiculous, and all I ask is that they at least be consistent. Yeah, yeah, consistency. Yeah, the the little faith I would have in the left and the Democratic Party yeah. would be if they just could stay consistent to whatever the hell they're talking about. I mean, Joe Biden. This isn't consistency, but Joe Biden was talking with Hillary on. I think it was CNN and he fell asleep 
<laughs> they don't even care about the, each other. No, yeah. It, like I said, people, the worst type of politicians, the ones that will do anything to get to where they need to get, and once they get what they want, they'll throw you off. And that's kind of what the Democrat Party has become. Uh, hopefully, some people can change that because we, me and you have met some Democrats that are actual Democrats and are caring people and good people all the way around. But I don't know. I mean, I like like you said, as there's plenty of people on from what you can see from mainstream Twitter is that people are propping this party up and keeping it the way it's going. So who knows if that change will overcome. Well, do you think Biden is going to choose Clinton for his campaign partner? I, I honestly think that if he was smart and wanted a, a chance in hell at the presidency, he would pick Elizabeth Warren. You think so? I, I think so. And I said this on Saving the Republic, but Elizabeth Warren has always stayed relatively consistent with what she preaches, right? You, and, and I do have to respect her a little bit for that. Besides the whole Native American thing to get into law school, she's been extremely consistent. Um, and, and I will say this, the same with Bernie Sanders. I don't agree with what either of them have to say, but those are the two that I've found that have been the most consistent in what they say. Yeah, uh, especially Bernie Sanders. Uh, he's, uh, I think, was it you that described it to me? Or I think Ben Shapiro kind of went on a thing where you ask Bernie, or you tell Bernie Sanders, you said this, this, and that back 20 years ago, and he's going to be like, yeah, I said that. Like, that just shows how true he stayed to his, his belief and ideology, which is, which awards him respect from that because I can respect someone that's true to their word and so yeah I can I would probably pick Bernie Sanders more out of that but I don't know if he'd keep his following after that they might see him more of a sellout I don't think first I mean yes I agree with that I, I think that you know the whatever they're called the hip socialist would call him a sellout I don't think they'd pick him though because I don't think he'd have the backing that Biden would need. What do you mean? I, I feel like, well, yes, he'd get the student vote and that would bring the student vote. I feel like a lot of Democrats would drop off because there are plenty of Democrats who do not agree with socialism. Well, yeah, no, yeah, there's plenty. Of, uh, they always said that Bernie would have a very difficult time taking down uh, and grabbing votes for, out of suburban areas and suburban Democrats. But I think... It depends on how you look at the uh, the vice presidency as an office. Um, is it is the vice president's office going to be in a various from administration to administration more of a figurehead where he does more like not charity work? I don't know what words you would use to describe it, but just more of a show. He's there when he needs to be there and really doesn't do much and is kind of off to the side. Like Joe Biden, who how much $11,000 in ice cream? And 40, oh, yeah. 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 You know, maybe something like that. Um, but it'd be, it'd be a tricky situation. Well, and I think, scenario, I think but, Dick Cheney really set the precedent for not giving vice presidents any power whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I remember, if I remember correctly, there have been vice presidents in the past that did achieve the same level of power as Dick Cheney. Yeah. But they're all evenly spread out. Yeah. Because something like Dick Cheney happens again and again and again. I I don't think anyone I, – I, I do agree. I think there have been some vice presidents, like, but no one can match his level. Well, nobody can match his level of, yeah. you know, insanity. But, you know, the power of corruption in the vice presidency, because think about it. They really will get off scot-free. Yeah. Right? Because it is the president's administration. Yeah. Reagan had to kind of come out in public and – um, take the blame for the Iran Contra situation because it it, cre- it raised a question as, yeah, it did it without your knowledge, but it's kind of your job to know what your cabinet members are doing. It's kind of a failure still on their part because what else are you doing in that chair besides asking these people and watching what these people do? Um, so yeah, we probably won't see a vice presidency like that again. Uh, anyways, but. Speaking of Dick Cheney, and if anyone hasn't seen the movie Vice, 10 out of 10 recommend. 
oh my god, dude, Dick Cheney. If any, if that has oh, any I, ounce of like, pure... I absolutely love the movie Vice. I made Haley yeah. watch it like twenty times. She refuses to even like bring up the word Vice now. But great movie. I saw it in theaters four times. So. Yeah, yeah, that was a movie to see in theaters. Like, oh my gosh, dude, Dick Cheney was just and and an the, absolute the director monster. The director of that movie, Adam McKay. He's also the same one who made the big short, which is equally as phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, he takes, let me, let me kind of clarify. He takes really bad situations and does, and films them in such a way that it is just amazing to watch. Yeah. Uh, also fun fact. He also directed Elf and Anchorman and the yeah. other guys, which are not on the same level, but his biop, his biopics, are just incredible and it is just an all-around great movie it's just it if anyone if if you want to be this type of person in politics uh you should really watch vice because if i hope he writes a book a a memoir uh he has he has he has is it anything like the movie or you think i I believe the movie was based off of his book Oh, so he's honest about it. He knows what he did. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, that's pretty badass, I guess. At the end of the day, he's like, "Yeah, I did it. What now?" But being, I mean, both of us were, while we are students, we do have some level in politics. Yeah. Uh, being with the organization we're with, and uh, from what I've seen, it's not too far off. Yeah. I mean, politicians are, in in the most cases, politicians can be very greedy people. It's a, I mean, at the end of the day, their job is a popularity contest to continue doing their job. Yeah. No, and uh, it's natural. Uh, it's a natural occurrence. There's a reason why, like in religion, in various religions, greed is looked at is looked at in such a um, bad thing because it is. But it, the reason why they have to bring it up so much is because it's such a natural thing that occurs in people once they're put up to a level of power. So I guess that's what makes it even more harder to fight off, more hard to fight off these temp- that temptation of greed. And Dick Cheney was pretty greedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, please, people, go watch that movie. It is on another level. He should probably write a political science book because this dude played politics like it was a piano. This was just I think in the level. movie they called it a switchblade. Oh, he called Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Most yeah. politicians are axes where they just kind of come down with their power. Yeah. Dick Cheney would skillfully cut and slice yeah so yeah with that analogy that should be enough to make you go watch it but anyways i kind of want to do i kind of want to start a new topic or a a segment in the hill country conservative in in all of our shows and i want to call it the bonehead liberal of the week (laughs) uh if you remember a couple weeks ago when the uh the hydroxychloroquine or hydro whatever uh was a big deal there was a couple in Arizona that saw aquarium cleaner that contained hydroxychloroquine or hydroxy. I, I do not remember the name. It's been out of the news for too long. It, can, it, it contained chloroquine. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of them died. Yes, and the other one, one was put in, ice, in the ICU. Yeah. She's better now. And she's also under investigation for murdering her husband. Someone said, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Remember the whole blame Trump because yeah. he told us to drink or he, yeah. to eat uh, hydrochloroquine. And now we're kind of uh, same thing with everything else. We're, we're finally starting to see the truth come out of this whole pandemic. Yeah. Um, UT also is under investigation for funding the Wuhan lab. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's supposedly. Uh, that would make it the second American university that's funding the Wuhan lab. That's Harvard and now the University of Texas. Yeah. Which. I don't know. What do you What do you think would happen from then? It depends because there's still open investigations into this. I think we're going to see it continue to um, drag out and oh man, maybe into the end of the year, maybe into the next year. Because like China has done a real good job of throwing some black tape all over this, you know they've had some time to prepare, 
uh, like I think we discussed it last time, where Australia was uh, was basically a, a force out of not. I don't know if they're going to continue their investigation because uh, China threatened to cut off any imp, uh, imports from Australia and any exports out going towards Australia. You know, so kind of holding them in a, a hostage by um, as a hostage economically. So I think we're just going to have to sit back and let an investigation pend on. And from depending on what they did, because it's, it is a lab that does a ton of research. I believe there in Wuhan, I'm not, I know some of it does supposedly does involve bioweapons, but uh, this is kind of my basic knowledge when it comes to all this kind of science thing. Uh, usually research labs tend to be have multiple divisions, I guess is what it would be. So for all we know, they're funding. Yeah, you're funding the Wuhan lab, but are, what are you funding it for? Maybe their money was directed towards who knows what, whatever UT thought would be good at the time. Who knows if UT had any control of where the money went to or Harvard had any control where the money was went to once it was given towards the lab. So if it does turn out that there was some knowledge in those administrations that um, that they were potentially funding some bioweapons, I highly doubt it. But if there was, I mean, throw them up onto the treason block, man. I, I, that's 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 so going to be a fun case for lawyers in the in law school for the next decade or so. Because I mean, uh, well. What I'm, what I'm interested in is with these lawsuits against China, I'm sorry, lawsuit, because I haven't heard of any other state making yeah. their own or joining Missouri lawsuit against China. Does that include Harvard and now UT? Well, again, it depends on where, what were they funding? I, uh, what were they funding a certain part of the Wuhan lab that was responsible for the creation of coronavirus? Who knows? I mean, and if they knew that it was happening that, I think that's what's going to be the big, um, the big thing is, did you know? And if you did know, uh, and or if you knew or you didn't know, they knew they're screwed. I mean, those people will be, I mean, hopefully put down towards the full extent of the law, which I guess would fall somewhat around treason. I would think, right? Would that be treasonous? Helping a foreign government research into potential bioweapons slash whatever right I, I does that count yeah i i think I, right? I would say so yeah you would say so in that case if they didn't know i guess what would you do cut their funding probation I, I mean that's what i would do i would get rid of whoever cleared payments to go out like that oh well, yeah of course but that's just a tricky thing because it's like, and then you got to reanalyze how we work with, um, with, uh, with other uh, education, like with other countries education wise, you know, mm -hmm. we have uh, a ton of, um, I know with like the UK and especially a lot of countries in Europe, we have those research projects that go back and forth between universities. That's how information is shared. That's how research is, uh, is perfected. And we get new things just because the world is so interconnected and we're able to do that that it's a great thing it is it can be such a great thing and it has proven to be a great thing but if this comes out to be something bigger then we'll probably have to reanalyze yeah um, well, the whole thing and another thing uh democrats have been doing this week or not democrats but your favorite democratic state Seattle, or uh, washington uh counties in washington have been giving addicts alcohol and cigarettes to feed their addictions to keep them from roaming the streets oh boy that is crazy to me I, again if you have any thought that democrats care about you they don't clearly they don't if they're willing to just feed an addiction they're so, killing them they're, it, really, yeah. they're killing them to prove because I've they seen some people who have really bad addictions especially to alcohol yeah and to feed that just to keep them, you know, contained. That's it's crippling. It, it, it's sickening. It's, yeah, it's sickening because they are knowingly and willingly to kill, uh, killing these people. 
And let's keep in mind, these are the same states that years ago started the clean needle whatevers, where if you were a heroin addict, you could go to a certain area, pick up a clean needle as long as you brought one back. But that failed miserably. Needles were everywhere. San Francisco is overrun with just nasty needles all over the ground, poop all over the ground. And I don't want my tax dollars going to something like this. I I want to know their mentality behind stuff like that. Containment. Is that it? Like, oh, if we don't see it, then it's gone. No, it's specifically. No, go ahead. The whole beer or the alcohol and cigarette thing. That's that's strictly to keep homeless pop addicts and homeless populations quarantined and contained. But but we like that the heroin thing, the heroin needle thing. What is that? How does that actually solve the problem? Is it like they're trying to be accepting of everybody? Are they thinking if people don't see it, they'll stop complaining about it? Um, or think- are they knowingly letting these people like maybe if we let them die off? Here's the thing. We don't, we won't have to deal with it anymore. I have two thought process on this. On one, I think that they feel that if they provide these things, people won't need them. Right. So is it it that argument where like, if you legalize all drugs, not, not that one. I think it's, I mean, yes and no, that's my second thought on this. But the first one is if they provide them with clean needles, there'd be less deaths and less AIDS and HIV, uh, hepatitis and stuff like that right yeah also at these places where they can you know shoot up safely they have staff that are trained to give people who overdose narcan right which would lower deaths from ODing. yeah that makes no sense to me And, and and i don't have the second opinion the second opinion i have is the more libertarian opinion where it's do it not not legalize it but let the problem solve itself out yeah right but that's not what they're doing the reason that opinion does not fit here is because they're providing an out in case the problem solves itself Hmm. and i don't agree with letting the problem solve itself i i think that these people do need help yeah but the democrats refuse to give them help they want to see them suffer and help, it doesn't always have to be from the government. There's plenty of nice people out there, uh, churches and, uh, and uh, private charities that offer help for these people. Well, like I said last week, I mean, the Democrats are notorious. That, you know, if we can finally agree on this, I know we do, but I'm talking about the general population. If we can finally agree that the Democrats are very crafty and skillful at getting what they want and making you believe it was your idea. Yeah. When it comes to segregation, they're bringing that back. You know, Harvard already has segregated dorms and segregated uh, graduations, but it's not called that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about in those places for that, for only for people of color. It's like, I think we just reverted 50 years of progress in the United States. And it's sad because so much had to happen for that to, to get where we are now, where people can be with who... Um, we're, we don't have those kind of places where the only certain people are allowed in yeah. uh, based off their race. You know, that, that it was a lot of people, yeah, some people were killed for it. You know, we had plenty of uh, those, those, uh, those freedom bus riders and mm-hmm. uh, every, those people along those lines, some of them were killed by um, the riots and the riot. And then the riots where people were being attacked by dogs and hosed down with water cannons and tear gas and beaten by police officers. And not to mention all the secret ones that went on by the, Democratic affiliate, the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the town lynchings that happened, that were publicly done in front of towns because every, it, it's so, just so bad and it's horrendous. I don't but, know how they can they let it happen like that. I kind of want to wrap up in a second. I, I do have one more topic that I want to discuss, and this is something that I've seen numerous times. I know me and Christian have discussed this plenty of times at school, and it's about the the age requirements to be political, not, not the age requirements to be, you know, president or a Senator or to even run for any other office. I'm talking the age requirements to practice civics. And it's something that I feel the GOP definitely needs to work on. Yeah. Time and time again, I've gone to a GOP event 
and I was treated like a toddler in a suit, taking a picture with, and then went, oh, he's so cute. Look at him in his little suit. He thinks he's somebody. And then they wonder why they lose college towns. And, and then, yeah. College towns, yeah. How do we get the student vote? Uh, treat us like uh, people. We're adults at this point. You know, I'm not, I don't think we're advocating here for 16-year-old voting. No, but uh, I'm saying like the, college. These are the same people who say that at 18 year old, 18 years old, you're an adult and I don't have to, you know, these are the parents yeah. who say when you turn 18, I don't have to legally, I don't have to keep you under my roof anymore. You're an adult. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can sign up for the military. You can buy your own car. And then why is politics something so different that only people 65 and older are allowed to, yeah. <laughs> allowed to participate like, in the country club, man. And I'm sick of seeing the whining on Facebook from the GOP saying, well, where are the students voting for a socialist? Yeah. But he talked to us. He was there. I know what he looks like. I know. And I know how he spoke and I know his, I know his platform because he went to the school and stood there and had meetings mm-hmm. and handed out flyers. He was active. He showed us that he cared enough to come ask for our vote because I think they forgot that politics is a little bit of a public, it is a publicity thing. Yeah. And it shows a lot more. I know a lot of people are against things like block walking and putting that sign. Well, signs, eh, signs don't vote, but um, that you, you got to do the work. There. Yeah. yeah. You have to go out there. You have to say something. I mean, I the, amount of, you. the amount of adults I heard saying that they wanted to vote for Beto O'Rourke for Senate because he would help reform the Texas education. That scares me because as a senator, he has no say. Yeah, people were like, he's going to legalize weed. I had, I had a friend uh, tell me that he was a single issue voter. He's like, I'm just voting, man, because he said he'd legalize pot. I'm like, dude, he's going to be a senator. He's not the governor. Yeah, I, it, he, he that no say. That a failure in the education system and that, you know. Uh, he can vote in, yeah. the, in the federal rulings on it. But... In a Republican-controlled Senate, so I think a lot of his votes would just be throwaway votes. But... You know, people, I, people need to be better educated on politics. And I, yeah. I feel like if you want, for the older viewers, if you want to know why students are so liberal all of a sudden, it's because we're not heard anymore. I, I, I just want to throw out some, some real cool, real cool ages real quick or real fast. Cause I, I saw a Facebook post where it said a 29 year old in Houston should not be elected as the County judge. And Half of me agrees and half of me disagrees. The part of me that disagrees is because he's a Democrat. I, I, I don't want to see him get elected. Yeah. It's not because of his age. It's not. I mean, for all we know, this dude's a, a rocket scientist. Not a rocket scientist, but his IQ is like above it that of anything, or something. It could be any number of things. I mean, yeah. Alexander Hamilton in 1776, guess how old he was? Uh, oh, no. They, they said his age in the play. Huh? Uh, 21. Uh, huh? 21. 21. He was 21 I was years say 25. old. Uh, Nathan Hale is the first spy of the United States. He was like 25. Yeah. The whole, if you saw the show Washington's, or Turn Washington Spies, those are real people. Uh, Abraham Woodhull, uh, I can't remember their other names. I'm trying to look it up real quick. Uh, Abraham Woodhull, Townsend, all those people. Those are real people. And I think Abraham Woodhull was the oldest and he was like 28. So, so if you're someone who's under 30 listening to this podcast, I want you to know that there is no age requirement to be political. There is an age requirement to run for office, but do not let anybody tell you that you cannot be political. Or, I mean, you and I, when we went to go testify in, in the Senate and someone asked how old we were and I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, 22, you're 20. And he was like, you guys have a boring life. You need to find something better to do. No, this is what I enjoy doing. Yeah. I know what, what a way to get people, dis- the young people discouraged. Like, oh, you go be young, go do, oh, well, like what better way to push people away from your platform? Because this dude also um, was on our side in this hearing. Yeah, which is kind of like, dude, we're here to help you. Be happy that we're here, because we don't, we don't have to be there. He's right in a way, you know. We could be out being normal college students, I guess, right? And oh, here's a list. Here's a list. Sorry, let me read these off real fast. And these are 
important Revolutionary War figures and their ages in 1776. Andrew Jackson, nine years old. Thomas Young, 12 years old. Uh, Marquis de Lafayette, 18. James Monroe, 18. Uh, Aaron Burr, 20. John Marshall, 20. Nathan Hale, 21. Hamilton, 21. Benjamin Talmadge, he's from the Culpeper spy ring, 22. Robert Townsend, same, same ring, 22. Uh, Governor, Governor Morris, 24. James Madison, 25. The oldest person, Benjamin Rush, 30 years old. John Jay, 30. So there is no age requirement. If you want to do politics and, and you, know, you know, watching the news is something that you enjoy, don't let anybody crush that. Yeah. I mean, that's, this, this podcast is run by a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old. Yeah. You know, I'm sure other kids our age would be like, oh, yeah, spring break. That's not what I want to do. I, I enjoy this. Yeah. So that's my, my final bit. I don't know if you have anything to add to that one. No, yeah, it, it's, it's be the same thing as you did. Do, do it, it, it comes down to that uh, thousand-year-old saying, do what you like to do. Yeah. Get out there, you know, go. I mean, do you, man. <laughs> if you yeah. want to sit there and watch CNN and turn it on the Fox News and turn on MSNBC, then go onto your phone and watch Vice because you want to know every bit of angle of a news report, do it. And if you want to go outside and block walk, do it. Go, you know, get involved in your local party, whether it's Republican or Democrat, preferably. Well, I wouldn't say go Republican because GOP isn't always, uh, you know, the grandest, but. um, What's in the name? Yeah. Just because it's the name. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get out there, dude. Be politically politically active as much as you can. Huh? If that's what you enjoy. Yeah, if that's what you enjoy. Yeah, we're not saying you have to. I mean, you should at least be somewhat informed on uh, big issues, which I, that's what I would advocate for, that at least when you go vote, you should be informed on some things. But, yeah, the end yeah. Of the day, you know, you don't have to be a scholar on it either. You don't have to be a Alexander political Hamilton. science expert, you know? Yeah. Huh? So you don't have to be Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. but Who started the informed. National Bank at 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know but i think that's going to be our show uh i want everybody to have a happy sunday follow us on facebook at the hill country conservatives uh hill country conservative you can follow us on instagram and twitter at hccons underscore h-c-c-o-n-s underscore uh i think we've actually almost reached 250 people on facebook so for oh, nice. for episode five we're doing pretty good better than i was expecting we could definitely use more followers on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely. But other than that, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at real Sebastian Q. Christian is Christian underscore Kavaz 16. Yep. So fire tweets. Fire tweets. But uh, other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday. Uh, see you guys next Sunday and God bless. <laughs>